Big go ahead, Jerome Ford, everywhere this week. Just love all the boxes that he checks. That's right. That was a good one, huh? Got like four touchdowns there. Monster game from him last week. Probably another one coming this week against the hapless Navy midshipmen. But first, this is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Edcock. Episode 61. You know the drill. Uh, it's going to be a CFB DFS afternoon contest only segment this week. Headed out to uh, the Sunshine State, Florida, um, early Friday. So just don't have time to delve into that night contest enough to kind of offer any good content. Maybe some stuff on Twitter. We'll see. But um, just the afternoon. And then we're going to get into the NFL where... Hey, it's been a rough stretch to start the season, really up and down uh, for myself, but uh, it was up last week for both the doctor and myself, 9-1 and one between us. I was 5-0, and oh. so um, check that out. Stick around for that and see if we can keep it going. But first, let's head to the CFB segment starting now. <laughs> All right, welcome in one and all. We have week eight here, 12-game board. It's going fast. Already week eight, but um, it's been fun. Let's continue it. We'll start in the first game is LSU at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is minus 9.5, over under 76. Before I delve right in, just a quick note. Um, as I kind of mentioned each week, if you're listening for the first time, not going to spend a lot of time on like, hey, play Matt Corral. Uh, we know we want to play Matt Corral. It's about how to find a, the best pathway to afford these guys. So it's kind of focusing more on value targets. And I'll go over some general themes with certain teams that I think is uh, maybe notable. But other than that, I'm not going to talk a lot about the most expensive guys. We all know we want to play them. Uh, that said, I think this week, so far when I've kind of been building lineups, it's been tougher to find those building blocks that I really think have solid floors with decent upside in the 3-4K range. Um, there's a few candidates this week which we're going to talk about in this first game here, but it's been harder. I, I feel like I'm more kind of targeting the 5K, maybe in 57, 5800 range, or just right around the 6K to find those guys that I think can really, they're in spots where they have legit blow-up spots, let's say, and I think they can they're the guys that offer really solid floors and also the type of upside to compete with the top guys in their position. So a few candidates like that at receiver this week will talk about it. Let's start first, though, with Ole Miss and LSU. On the LSU side, uh, LSU kind of turning into a very run-heavy team the last couple weeks behind Tyrion Davis-Price, who's blown up another huge game last week. Uh, his, his price, I still think, where it's at in this matchup, still pretty solid value. Um, and we're going to talk about him compared to another guy much more expensive later. But, um, yeah, I still think that that type of price in this matchup, I think it's still pretty undervalued here The way with the type of workload he's been getting, like 30-plus carries. So, um, yeah, definitely someone to target easily in this game. At wide receiver, I think there's some value with those guys like we talked about. How's it going to shake out? We saw Jare Jenkins get the touchdowns last week for sure. Um, and he's, he's maybe like the 5,700 range, but the guys that I think 
still are going to have value moving forward. Malik Neighbors is at 3,700 right now. Um, he had a few catches that last game, maybe 60-ish yards. And then Brian Thomas Jr., he's at 4K. Um, I didn't get to see all of this game, but I did go back and chart play-by-play. -play. Thomas and Neighbors were targeted just as much or maybe even more than Jenkins, really. Um, also, Thomas had a couple of big plays called back, one of 50, I think one of maybe 70, where it was a touchdown on offensive penalties. So uh, he's 6'5", like 195, and he's definitely getting some looks from Mac Johnson. So I think those guys actually have some solid value if you're looking for targets in this range at receiver. Um, that is all I want to really um, talk about with that side. So let's move over to Ole Miss. And the big story this week is the status of Matt Corral. And if he is not to play, first of all, I think he actually is going to play. Coach O kind of mentioned, like, he thinks it's maybe Laney just having a little fun with him, saying, oh, yeah, I'm not really sure he's going to play. But anyway, let's just say he doesn't. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see because um, last week when he was out, Luke Altmeyer was the guy who came in. He threw a pass. If he were not to play, and Luke Altmeyer is the starter, he's at 4,500. Very hard to pass up a uh, starting quarterback in an offense like this at 4,500. Not that he's Matt Corral, he's going to get that production, but still, you still think they're going to score a lot of points with the style they play. The other guy I wanted to mention was you have to think it's possible that converted wide receiver Jonathan Reese Myers, or sorry, Reese Myers, that's the actor, it's Jonathan Reese Plumley. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, match point. Check out that movie. Great, Jonathan Reese Myers. Um, anyway, Jonathan Reese Plumley. He was a former quarterback, very explosive runner. He's now wide receiver at 3,500. What would that be like if somehow he was announced as the starter before the game, or maybe even mixed in a few series? He could have huge value. Uh, so that's just something. Again, pure speculation, huge risk, but it all depends on if Corral's out. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Reese Plumley. Uh, get maybe a series or two or be involved somehow in it, little special packages as a running quarterback. So just something to think about there, something to keep in mind uh, if Matt Corral were to sit. Uh, on these the other wide receivers, it comes down to the status of uh, Braylon Sanders. And uh, now Jonathan Mingo's still out indefinitely as well. So I think if those if, if Sanders continues to remain out this week, uh, Dennis Jackson at 3,800 and Casey Kelly are the guys that would probably benefit. Casey Kelly at 3,600. Uh, but the other one I wanted to mention was Snoop Connor. I feel like there's a little bit too much volatility with this running back group right now to pay 6,900, even though I think he can be productive here. Um, Paris Jr. and then Jaron Ely, we don't really know his status. If he were to play again, I don't know that 6,900 is something I would pay for Snoop Connor. Just too much going on in that backfield. So let's get out of this game, move on to the next. It's OU at Kansas. Uh, we're looking at uh, OU minus 38 and a half over under 67. That puts us uh, on script for like a 53 to 15-ish type uh, game here. So we got Rattler out and the ceiling is back on the OU offense with Caleb Williams. Uh, immediate dividends paid. All the stocks are now back up on Marvin Mins. You see Kennedy Brooks. All the prices are fair, so I'm not going to kind of spend a lot of time talking about them. Yeah, get your Sooners in there. What I will say with Brooks um, at a... a stiff 8600 is I do think uh, Tyrion Davis Price that we just mentioned Blake Corn for Michigan and Travis Dye for Oregon now that CJ Verdell is out for the season I think all of those guys offer similar upside uh, at a little, few, little fewer prices there 
than I would pay for Kennedy Brooks. So it's just something to think about. It doesn't mean don't play Kennedy Brooks. It just means I think if you want to play that position, I would maybe pivot off him for those guys I just mentioned just because I think they're all pretty similar and they don't cost nearly as much as Kennedy Brooks does. Uh, on the Kansas side, I'm kind of tempted by these QBs, uh, whether it's Miles Kendrick or Jason Bean. I don't know which one is starting, but um, I just love looking, digging for deep quarterbacks and thinking like, ah, 5K, like that that Altmeyer play. It might be an automatic play for Ole Miss if uh, Corral would be out. But um, yeah, so, someone reached out to me and, and talked me out of it. But uh, I probably won't do that. But anyway, we're just out on Kansas. Let's stop talking about it. Next game, uh, Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Iowa State's minus 7 over under a 47. Uh, I think this is probably a better actual game than uh, for DFS purposes or gambling. It's just a nice uh, Big 12 college matchup. I think I'm passing on running back Jalen Warren for Oklahoma State at 8K. Just like I mentioned with those other guys um, compared to Kennedy Brooks, this is probably going to be more of a defensive game too. Um, so I just don't really like the matchup right here, even though he's getting crazy volume. Um, you know, 30-plus carries, I think, in probably I think each of the last four or five games or something like that. It's, it's been getting crazy usage. So... Um, at 8K, I just don't like the matchup enough. I feel like those guys I mentioned other um, off of Kennedy Brooks as well. So um, other than that, Spencer Sanders and Tay Martin, um, it's really all the same story for the Oklahoma State offense each week, only playable options. On the Iowa State side, also we know their big three, plus the tight end Charlie Kohler. It's Purdy. It's running back Brees Hall and uh, Xavier Hutchinson at receiver. I like Hutchinson this week as, as a nice um, – value at around 6k I believe he gets enough volume in a low scoring game I think he'd be valuable I'll reiterate the point on Brees Hall he's at a crazy 9400 uh, I still he can have good games because of the volume he gets it's, it's not like um, he can't do good but again the matchup low total right here I'd rather go with the guys I just mentioned uh, compared to Kenny Brooks it's just it's too much money for one guy in a low scoring tougher matchup type of game so Let's move on to Cincy at Navy. Cincy's minus 27.5, over under 48.5. Also very straightforward game here. We know Cincinnati, it's Ritter, it's Jerome Ford, Alec Pierce. They're all fairly priced. I think fire away. This is a really bad Navy team, so get them in there um, at your pleasure. And then tight end Leonard Taylor continues to have a kind of a solid season. He's at 3,700. I think if you're considering someone in that range, uh, he makes some sense. He had four catches for 47 yards last week in their blowout win. Um, and then, of course, on the Navy side, we're out of the midshipmen. Let's just go move on to Clemson at Pitt. Clemson minus three and a half over under a 48. Uh, check for the status of running back Will Shipley. If he's out, I think this offense in general, it would just be Kobe Pace or out for me. I just think there's better offenses with better matchups on this board where for the prices I have to pay for someone like Justin Ross, I think is in the 6K range somewhere. It's just go... You know what? The quarterback play is, is so shaky with Clemson right now. The upside on this offense just isn't there. I think they had 17 points against Syracuse last week. So um, I'm moving on. It's Kobe Pacer out, and that's only if Will Shipley is not playing. On the pit side, it's a similar story for the prices I have to pay to play some of the better guys in Pitt's offense, like Jordan Addison. I want a better want a better matchup. I want all those better boxes that need, we need to be checked, right? Nice game flow, nice matchup. Uh, he, this might not be it. Maybe Israel Abenkanda for the running back for Pitt at 5,800. 
One thing I want to mention with the Clemson D, you know, we're deeper in the season now. They're playing more competent opponents week to week. And as good as that defense is advertised, they allowed Sean Tucker, running back for Syracuse last week, 157 yards on 22 carries. A few weeks ago against NC State, running backs, two running backs, 44 carries for 170 yards. It's about four yards a carry. So, look, if there's one maybe way to get at this D, it's on the ground. Uh, Pitt's a very physical team. They're going to want to run the ball. They're, both these teams are going to want to run, play with defense. So, um, yeah, maybe Israel Abankana at 5,800 for Pitt. That's all for that game. Let's go to Oregon at UCLA. Much better game here for DFS purposes. UCLA minus two over under 60 to the 10th ranked team in the nation, Oregon. I think I want, as I mentioned, Travis Dye, the running back everywhere. Now that C.J. Verdell is out for season, he's going to get all the run he can handle. Uh, he's been productive as um, as that feature role. Catches passes. You know, this is the guy where it checks all the boxes. The matchup's good. The Vegas script is good. And the role is there. So love Travis Dye this week. Get him in there. Uh, could be value in wide receivers. Just impossible to predict at this point. And Anthony Brown just doesn't do enough as a downfield passer for me to trust any of these guys. Even though I think the prices are good on someone like Johnny Johnson, it's just the passing game is just very volatile. They're going to rely on the run and even Anthony Brown's legs as well as a, as a runner quarterback. The other guy I wanted to mention was my Troy Franklin, Troy Franklin at wide receiver for he's he's a freshman or sub freshman. He just hasn't really been involved uh, lately. I even went through their uh, play by play. Uh, sheet against Cal and I don't didn't see him targeted so he's back to 3k maybe a CMP candidate there's no real reason other than speculation so you're trying to just get lucky but I don't know I feel like he got so much hype they slated him to start at the season you talk him up and he just kind of hasn't been there so I think it's just someone to monitor someone to keep in mind as, as we move along through this season on the UCLA side this is one of those receivers that I, I love in that 6k range that middle, that middle price range. Favorite, price, floor, ceiling combo, Kyle Phillips uh, for UCLA. And I don't think this price of 6,100 will last at all. So this is a guy who had six or more catches in four of their seven games last year in a COVID-shortened season. He has six touchdowns in six games this season. Didn't play last week, so I think he's flying under the radar a little bit on the DK pricing model. And so I feel like this is a guy I really love everything about him. He's got the matchup, got the nice Vegas script like we talked about. So um, Kyle Phillips' guy, I think it's a ton of value in this game. Other than that, um, we know with UCLA, it's Zach Charbonnet running back and uh, DTR at quarterback. I think those are the only guys who are consistent enough to consider. There's other secondary receivers. Um, the tight end is pretty solid week to week, but um, Kyle Phillips is the guy here. Let's move on to Wake at Army. Wake is minus three over under a 53. Wake has an established offense at this point. The prices are fair. I still think Jakari Wolverson's price is undervalued. Had another monster game, uh, nine for 135 last game against Cuse. That was a couple weeks ago, I think on a, a weeknight maybe. So um, yeah, I, I would definitely target him here. Uh, Christian Beal Smith, the running back, Decent value at 5K, but that's pretty much it for Wake. On the Army side, it's all about the status of Christian Anderson, uh, quarterback Christian Anderson. Will he play? If, if he's not, if he doesn't play, 
They've been kind of rotating quarterbacks. At least they did in their last game at Wisconsin. So if he doesn't play, we're just out. Even if he does play, I'm not sure I really want Christian Anderson a whole lot based on his price. I think it's around 7400 A little stiff for me, but um, that's really all to consider for Army. Let's go to Kansas State at Texas Tech. Uh, it is a pick right now over under 61. Every week, the story's the same for Kansas State. It's kind of deuce, vaughn, or bust. I know the Vegas script here suggests the ceiling may be a little bit higher for these offenses, and maybe it is. Maybe it will be the week you want to maybe go in guys like Malik Knowles. I just I don't see it enough. I haven't seen them ever have these like monster games to kind of pay for what I pay for the price you have to pay to roster these guys. So um, you know, Philip Brooks maybe there too. It's just there's never those those big stat lines from their receivers and in their passing game. And one of their best, I think, receivers really in the past game is Deuce Vaughn anyway, the running back. So I'm kind of just Deuce Vaughn or bust still for me for Kansas State. Maybe quarterback Skylar Thompson, decent paid on option at 6K, but that's all I'm considering for Kansas State. On the tech side, I think maybe so is this kind of a maybe decent paid on option for Henry Columbi. He's a has some decent uh, rushing stats sometimes in his games. So He's someone I would consider for Texas Tech. Uh, wide receivers, Eric Ezukama and Kalen Geiger, solid value. Ezukama at 6,500, Geiger at 5,900. Uh, both have proven to be very productive in the right spots. Maybe this is one of those spots this week, so there's someone to consider. And then um, if Todd Brook remains out at running back, Sir Roderick Thompson, great pay down option at running back, 5,900, has a feature role, um, has a decent matchup here, so... Definitely someone considers a paid on option at running back. Let's move on to Wisconsin at Purdue. Got a very solid slate of small 10 action coming away the last four games here. Wisconsin is minus three, over under of 40. This one is quick. The only playable option in this game is wide receiver David Bell. And that's, I'm not, that's all I'm saying. We're moving on to Illinois at Penn State. Very intriguing here. Penn State's minus 23 and a half, over under 46 and a half. If it makes it like a 35 to 12-ish type of uh, script. We are out on Illinois, of course. Nothing to say there. And I wasn't kidding about this being intriguing, and I'll tell you why. On the Penn State side, their running back situation has been so volatile and so inconsistent up to this point in the year that their prices have plummeted. And now they're catching this Illinois team where I think there can be value here. They just gave up, Illinois defense that is, they gave up 276 yards on the ground to Wisconsin's two running backs a couple weeks ago. That's 39 carries for 276 yards. So that, look, I think Noah Kane at 4,800 and Kevon Lee at 3,300 could return huge value this week. And if you look at their numbers, even though Kane, I think, is the leading rusher in terms of the carries, he has 67 compared to Kevon, Kevon Lee's 38. Lee's been a better runner, averaging 5.4 yards a carry to Kane's three. So, look, I think both are going to be the leaders. I think Kane maybe gets first crack like he has been. That's been the, the norm with this offense. But anyway, if you're looking for value at running back, I think these two present probably the best options um, as far as like real cheaper options. I think they're going to be all over these guys. Clifford also... I believe is going to be starting. He's on track to start. He's actually a pretty solid 
price as well, like 6,900 as kind of a discount for him. Um, but I do think it's a spot where maybe they try to kind of work him back in a little bit and not not put too much on his shoulders in an easy matchup and really rely on that run game. So uh, great script for running. Got some nice Vegas projection, everything. Uh, Kevon Lee and Noah Kane. Consider them. I know I might be doing, um, I might have a lineup where I might play like both. Who knows? But definitely Kevon Lee, I think, would be my choice if I was playing one of the two. On to Northwestern at U of M. U of M minus 23.5, over under 51. That makes a 37 to 14-ish script. Uh, it's safe to say we're out on the flying Fitzgeralds. Nothing to see here. On the U of M side, I love Blake Corum, like I mentioned, and Haskins uh, as well. Like Corum a little bit, just because a little bit more, just because he is more of the home run hitter. Um, but that, other than that, it might be bust. Uh, they're doing probably doing the quarterback rotation, so it's very hard to predict how that works out with the receivers. If you want it, uh, Dalen Baldwin had six for 64 in the last game against Nebraska. I also think Cornelius Johnson, he's kind of one, one of the maybe de facto top receiver in this offense at this point at 4,900. Probably could be good value from here, but I think it's just something to kind of see. We have to see it a little bit more with how it's working out with this quarterback situation. So I'm probably only going to play Corm or Haskins from this game if I'm playing uh, U of M. Last game of the slate. We've all been waiting for it. It's Maryland at Minnesota. Minnesota, minus five, over under of 54. I think the story here is wide receiver. Uh, love Rakeem Jarrett at 5,800 from Maryland. There's two receivers in this game, I think, along with Kyle Phillips that I talked about for UCLA. They're those guys who I really, really think in the middle tier are guys that have everything going for them to compete with guys that are priced above them. So like I mentioned, Rakeem Jarrett, fantastic price floor upside candidate. We already know Dante Demas, the stud number one out for season. Now, Deshaun Jones out for season after the last or two weeks ago against Ohio State in their game. I mean, Rakeem Jarrett's going to get every all the attention he can handle from Talia. Talia, Talia, Tagovailoa. And um, so... Something to consider there on the, on the Maryland side. I'm definitely probably going to roster him everywhere. Other guys that should receive a lot more run, Daryl Jones and Brian Cobbs. They're at 36 and 3,200 respectively. Um, someone to consider down that range. On the Minnesota side, last week we talked about speculating Marquise Irving going to be the guy to take over. Turned out to be Bryce Williams. Got the workhorse roll, 17 for 127 one line as the lead back in their win over Nebraska. He's at 5,400. Very solid price to have a kind of a lead back. Not a super high scoring offense, but nice matchup. Maryland's defense, very shaky. Um, so if you know he's going to get that volume, I think 5,400, you could do a lot worse at the running back position. Um, and then the other guy, receiver, who I love this week, Chris Altman-Bell. He's probably the only other playable option besides Bryce Williams on the Minnesota side. But Altman-Bell was the guy who, coming into this season, was expected to be the true number one, um, take over that role from Rashad Bateman that had the last couple of seasons. And um, he's now kind of just getting, he's all the way back from an injury. And he's taken that, he's had a breakout game last week, like 11 catches for 103 yards. So I'm not expecting 11 catches, you know, every game, but I think getting those seven, eight, you know, 80, 90 yard games are gonna be routine for him going forward and definitely has good upside to score TDs, you know, on a weekly basis. So 
Yes, Chris Altman Bell at, I believe, 6,200. Fantastic price floor upside wide receiver. That is it. That is the board. You did it. I did it. We did it. Let's get into some NFL picks starting now. Uh, we are here. It is week seven in the NFL. And as always, I'm joined by uh, a good friend, a confidant, the doctor. Doctor, um, how you feeling? Been, been kind of a nice, uh, nice past few weeks. Are, are we back? Might be. I, you know, I, I mean, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're all caps back. I think I might be like, like. I think I. I think I might be like cap. B A. Just, just a, just a one B. Captain okay, not giving yourself the yeah, yeah. Hey man, okay. I'm doing I'm, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I got this. Uh, we're, we might be the hottest pod around after last week. Um, hey, I got a little getaway weekend ahead of me. I'm headed to one of our favorite places, the desert. I'll be playing the TPC Stadium course. Not yeah, no, that, that that's uh, that's awesome. We also got to spend. Uh, we also uh, got to wit- witness our amazing weekend. That was we were we were combined nine and one we, together last season. So, That's right. Um, we were we were all witnesses to other greatness on that trip in, in Nashville. I, there was a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of witnessing too. There was a good stretch of uh, partying for some of those guys. It was a very impressive. There was. There was. It was a good weekend had by all. Yes. Um, maybe a little Jets pizza kind of controversy, but we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> so last week uh, I was five and zero. Oh. Uh, it brings me to 13, 16, and one on the season. So, grinding back towards 500. Uh, you were four and one, and you've been 10, four and one in the last three weeks. So, a uh, big, nice recovery um, from the early season uh, stretch there. And season now, 12, 17, and one. So, we're both uh, going back towards uh, that, that 500 mark, and especially you. I think um, it's been a nice stretch here. Uh, as opposed to the first uh, three weeks, so it was it was dark time for the first two weeks. Very dark. We're, we're uh, as I said, back all caps. Um, overall trends, NFL. So last week, the favorites had their second winning week in a row. They were eight and six. That brings them to 43, 49 and one on the season. Uh, home road teams, home teams again, another dismal week. Four and nine on the season against the spread. That brings it to 37-54-1 overall. Home favorites uh, were 2-3. and three. That brings them to 21-34 and 34 on the season. Home dogs, and going with the home road thing, like home dogs, again, 2-6, and six, bringing them to 16-20-1 on the season. And then this is a kind of a, a theme I'm going to be talking about a little bit, is favorites, substantial favorites, which is considered by seven or greater, we're three and one last week. They're sixteen and ten overall in the season, and then outright losses from that category. There was zero last week. Only one so far this season. It was Tennessee a couple of weeks ago um, in Jacksonville. So this week we have thirteen games. There are six teams on a bye. We have nine home favorites and four home dogs. There are five uh, substantial favorites in that category of AR and TB12, Zona, the Rams. And the Patriots against the hapless Jets. So, you, you might need to add a new category of like uh, 
you know, super favorites or something like that. I mean, it's I, just, I was going to say, there's some big numbers out there. This big, ones. <laughs> so, big ones. And, and that's, that's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Like we're seeing them like, pretty routinely where, I, I mean, I know that we've seen spreads of this before, but I feel, I feel like it's like two to three teams a week are now not just 10, but we're talking in the teens. Yeah. And it, I don't recall seeing that for me. You know, maybe it was you know one team uh, playing against like four teams throughout the year would you yield that spread? Yeah. Or you know, there's a team that's like that bad that kind of warrants like four or five teams would get spread against them. But rarely do you see three or four you know, different teams putting up numbers like that against different teams. So. No, and I think it's I think it's saying something about at least just for this specifically this season where we're kind of at. So with that um, said, where are you going in your first pick here this week? Yeah, yeah let's let's get right in. Um, you cannot uh, avoid or go against someone uh, telling cities that he has and still owns them. So <laughs> I'm going to Green Bay, the Washington football team at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay minus eight and a half. Talk about being back. Uh, AR12 is officially back. If he, if he was gone at some point, I, you know, I, I think it's funny we couldn't seen this before. Uh, you know, typically it's with a, with a signed contract, but you know, people start to doubt AR12. I mean, we saw the R E L A X relax situation. I can't remember what year that was. They just came back firing, and, and you know, I don't know why people are still questioning him this year. I understand there's a contract out. But look, they're five and one um, ATS this year. The only time they didn't cover is week one in the blowout loss in New Orleans. Um, they're a two. They're two and zero ATS as a favorite. They're six plus points. So, look, they're playing. They're playing pretty well. So, you know, as you expect, I'm, I'm all in on AR12 in the pack this week, uh, especially when you consider they're facing uh, the worst passing defense in yards, uh, TDs, and first downs allowed. Uh, also last in overall points allowed. So I, I think I see a field day coming. Um, throw in that the Washington football team is 1-5 ATS and has failed to cover two spreads of greater than six points. Uh, so great run for AR-12 continues. Uh, let's go Pack Go. Minus eight and a half. Yeah. Um, the Packers, I'll say this. AR-12 and Team 12 are both in my bucket this week. Um, because... A lot of reasons you just mentioned. Um, this is kind of a thing now where I, I feel like I'm seeing a, a chasm between maybe the top eight to nine teams compared to the rest of the league. Where the, I, I just feel like there's a huge drop off, like yeah. like a, a more of a significant one. I, I, I mean, it's been like this in in other seasons as well, but I feel like this season especially, the teams that are just offensively competent with their quarterbacks, where they're probably going to get to 30 plus points right. every week i it's it's really tough to to go against them and, and take these teams that are going to struggle to get to 20 points right i mean right. i, I t- talked about that last week with the rams and the giants in, in the we'll get to them later but it's like i i feel like these guys can get to 30 every week and the other team i don't know if they're i, I don't know if they're going to get two offensive touchdowns so, yeah, right. You, I mean, you are, before you get into it, I mean, you, your game, you already kind of alluded to it when you're talking about the large spreads. But, you know, I think over years, there's, you know, you do get cute against some of these teams, maybe not AR 12, but some of the better teams when they're playing lesser teams, when the margin is much smaller, 
you know, we've always talked about that, like taking the opposite, right? Going contrary. But I, I, I don't know. The gap is seems larger for more teams against more teams this year. So there's like less opportunity to get cute. You just gotta you gotta play the hits every week. You can't you can't go against the hits. And those hits are you know AR twelve, T V twelve, etc. Yeah, and, and I think you're just gonna basically I, I think a theme this year is gonna be just pick your weeks to kind of take a week off of those big favorites and then go back in on them because I again one of my picks is I'm already with you on Green Bay. The other pick is Tampa. I think last week was a nice week maybe kind of stay away they're on tnf it's you know it's a road game um so you kind of maybe it's a, it's a bigger number you kind of stay away but still they were up 28 7 in that game and in philadelphia they just kind of scored two late touchdowns late to kind of sneak back in there a little bit um this week they're back home again here's what tampa bay's uh home games are they are um let's see i think their their total their total points and their home games are 31, 48, and 45. Wow. So I, I I think what you're going to be doing this this year with Tampa Bay is just kind of going, okay, I'm going out, I'm going in. You're going to kind of just pick your spots with them. I think this is another spot where you pick it um, to cover the 13 and a half, or sorry, 12, 12 and a half is our line as it was right now. And again, I, it's just, you the number looks big, but when you look at the final scores on Sunday, you're going to be surprised to see, you know, 33 to to 20 or 30 you know 35 to 21 Tampa Bay it's not going to surprise anybody so I, the never kind of looks scary on paper but no I, I I like Tampa Bay plus a t- minus 12 and a half and I'm with you on um, the Green Bay minus eight and a half as well just a, a few other things I think to consider is this Washington team is just you know a bad team I mean, we, we've talked about this this defense is supposed to be really good right Another 500 yards of offense to KC. When KC was trying to do anything they could to let him back in the game with three turnovers, they still won time of possession by eight minutes, which I don't know how that's possible with eight turnovers. <laughs> and, and, and so it's just like, this is this is, isn't a good team. Um, I Honestly, I think in these games where you're betting these bigger numbers, in my opinion, I think the only thing you're really betting on is that there isn't any crazy turnover or special teams things that go against you. I, I, yep. that's that's all I think you're doing so um, those are my first two picks and uh, I'll let you get to your second now right yeah my second one so uh, Atlanta uh, Miami Miami plus two and a half correct um, yeah so and this goes look, I'm not going to say Atlanta's a great team this, this goes to kind of what we're saying about just some bad teams um, yeah, Miami's just not good so Atlanta's coming off a bye Miami had the awful um, L in London. Um, also, d- did you know that the Dolphins turned down the option to have their bye week after London? I, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I did but, not know that. Because I was thinking, like, I was I was doing the research. I was like, wait, why don't they have a week off? Like, shouldn't every team get a week off if they're coming back from, from London? And I, I read that. Apparently, Miami decided that they didn't want to do that. They didn't want their bye week to be this week, so they're gonna they're gonna regret that. Um, so, so look, bo- both these teams are are, uh, are non-playoff teams, uh, but Atlanta is, is two and three. I don't think they've accepted that yet, and, and they're looking at this as a I want to say easy win. There's no easy win, but a winnable game for themselves to get back to three and three and keep this delusional playoff contender idea in their in their heads. Miami's one and five. They they well it's true, right? Miami's one and five. They know it's over. 
the fans were hoping that Tua would return and kind of be the answer. He, he put up some decent numbers in London, but the run game was awful, and he lost to Jacksonville. I mean, come on. Like, where, right. where are you at? So that, that's not good. Um, both defenses stink. Miami's third last in yards and points per game. But I think the Atlanta offense is, is kind of what this bet is, is gearing towards. Um, I think they're competent. They're scoring points. They're averaging 25 over the last four games versus Miami, only averaging 20. Falcons likely to get Ridley back. Miami probably still down the two corners from last week. So um, I'm going Dirty Birds. Keep that uh, internal playoff hope alive, even though we all know, for, for a few more weeks. And uh, they cover the two and a half. Okay. I, that line kind of looked a little bit funny to me. I, I don't know why Atlanta's earned the right to be minus points. And I thought, like, that just makes you think Atlanta. Like, like, I, I, well, yeah, I don't. Miami's just so bad. They're so bad. They just got to go to Jacksonville. Come on. Well, yeah, no, true. No, but neither team is good. So I'm like, okay, so you're minus points on the road. Okay, but then uh, this week, I, you may have saw it today or not. I, I don't know, but there's all kinds of now. A uh, lot of smoke about the Deshaun Watson trade to Miami. I mean, there, there's a lot of smoke. Oh, that, that what, was just is that. he able to play? Like, what what is his status? So, so no one like there, no one knows. A lot of people are assuming they've been given assurances, but like, I, there is so much smoke today that this is going to be happening before the deadline in two weeks. That Watson to Miami, like Stephen Ross, Miami owner, is is just like hell bent on getting this done. So um, I just don't feel like that's probably a good place for for Deshaun Watson to go. I don't know what's true and what's not true, but South Beach does not sound like. I'm, I, <laughs> hey, hey. Let's be honest. I feel like let's come on, come on, man. Like I don't know what's hey, true man. or not true. If any of it's true, though, like I feel like maybe Green Bay. Well, I understand they are twelve, but let's maybe like, maybe to Seattle. It's kind of rainy there. What Russell Wilson's out? Throw him there for a few weeks. I don't know, but like somewhere where there's it's not South Beach. Just um, look, he's he's fine. He, there's a massage therapist in every city in the country. Someone needs to take. Someone just needs to take his Instagram away and just say, delete that app immediately. Delete it immediately. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. That's um, not good. But anyway, so yeah, uh, that, that was just an interesting note uh, for Miami. Uh, all right, getting to my third pick now. I'm going with um, your, your Titans from Monday night. Oh, all right. Uh, plus five and a half. And, you know, I, I've talked about the KC thing and kind of my opinion with them and that, I feel like, you know, a lot of weeks they're going to be struggling to cover, struggling to just kind of pull away from teams in general, um, especially against teams that have competent offenses. Like I think Tennessee does. Henry's been a monster. And I think that defense is still, um, for KC that is, I think that defense is still going to be a problem all year. Uh, the, the, the best thing they did is just come away with that Washington team. Like we talked about earlier, you know, that Washington team is just not good. And, I think their Washington's losses have been by 22, 11, and 18 in three or four of their losses. So I, I just feel like KC ran into like the get right game, and now they're going on the road and they're playing a a, a real team that that's competent. And I don't like them to cover five and a half points against a lot of those teams on the road. So I like uh, Tennessee. I think that defense is still vulnerable, like I said, and. Um, Another thing, too, is like, so K- 
KC minus seven. I think it closed seven last week against Washington. Are you telling me that Tennessee is just one and a half points better at five and a half yeah. than Washington? Like I, I don't, I don't buy it. So I'm gonna kind of pick my spot here with KC. We talked about they're one of those teams where you just kind of pick your spots each week. I'm going against KC and Tennessee plus five. And a half. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we did it on Monday night um, in front of, uh, we were in Nashville this weekend. You saw Bill's Mafia. I mean, Bill's Mafia had taken over the city. Oh, yeah. They, they still got it done. Uh, oh, speaking yeah. of that game, did you see your boy Sources, Chris Bassard? Did you see that? No. Uh, so I always saw the headlines. I, I didn't dig deep into it. But um, who was it? Taylor, Taylor Lewan that got hurt, right? Yeah. The tackle for the Titans. Yeah. Uh, Broussard, on his show, uh, was blaming the Bills' loss on him because he thought he had played for the Bills and thought they would have got the first down had he not got hurt. Oh, no. Wait. Yes. Yes. Your boy, Sources, Chris Broussard. That happened. I didn't didn't watch it. But, yeah, it was that bad. How's this guy? Wait, are you telling me this is like Stephen A. Smith, like, uh, I think it was two years ago, talking about... Hunter Henry playing for the Chargers and like where he was out for season and like did you remember this? I I don't, but yes, it would be very similar to that. that like 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 someone basically fed him like two guys that were out for season and he started talking about I wanna see Hunter Henry tonight, I wanna see this. I and, and, and like it was like, oh my god, like he's just going on about these teams. Like like he has no idea he he, he doesn't even watch his game. He has no idea what he's talking about. And like that, yeah. that's why well, clearly. Oh oh that that's unbelievable. That's yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, so anyway, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, okay, I, I, I like it. I think it's uh, it kind of aligns with my my discussion about Tennessee last week, and I think it's a similar game. So yeah. Um, all right. Um, Cincinnati at team you labeled the fraud. Woo! Uh, laying six. This is a good so, one. So I, it is a good one. I believe you laid these, you called these guys a fraud. Uh, I think it was back-to-back weeks. It was a couple weeks ago, I think. It was back-to-back weeks. You kept calling them a fraud. And they just keep sticking it to you. Uh, Baltimore I, I, five. I took, I took them last week. I took them did, you take, did you take them last week? Or yeah, I was, I was I, I think I was drinking while we were doing it. But, but, uh, well, but, <laughs> but, I, but I said they were a fraud. I said they were a fraud. They were, yeah, okay. So you, you call them a fraud. Hey, they're 5-1, and one, uh, and they just keep getting it done. And, and they just, I guess they made you look good last week, but they make your overall fraud statement look, look pretty bad. Um, but I think this week is different. Uh, I, I think there's a bit of a, a pullback, especially when, when you give uh, Cincinnati plus six. So I'm thinking Cincinnati might actually win this game. Um, uh, Baltimore is uh, three and three ATS this year. Two of the L's uh, are when favored by six or more points. So they haven't done as well uh, when uh, having a larger number. Um, Cincinnati is three and two ATS, four and one overall when scoring 20.5 points. Um, and so, you know, you, you, I'm going to throw out last week against the Chargers. I'm just going to chalk it up as like the Chargers having a terrible game and just going sideways. The competent offensive have, have been able to score, um, and I think Cincinnati can get to that 20.5 points. Um, Raiders put up 33, the Chiefs put up 35, and the Colts put up 25 against them. So um, I think I think that offense is going gonna, is gonna to play well. And this is a big moment for the Cincinnati team. Right? The one game behind Baltimore, kind of a put-up moment of, you know, do we belong? Are, are we any good? 
I'm, I'm believing the Bengals um, showing that this week, especially with they have a top eight run defense in yards and yards per attempt. Uh, yes. we, know, we know Baltimore likes to run football, so that's a big part of this game. I think Cincinnati makes a statement. And then lastly, let's just use the Lions as a common opponent. And what, what more do I need to say? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a joke. I'm going Bengals plus. I'm going, I'm going Cincinnati plus six this week. If I'd slip in a little money line play there. Yeah, okay. I, I think um, I was very intrigued with this game. I When I was guessing, I kind of looked at the matchups and then Conan kind of, what's going to be the line? I thought it was going to be three and a half, maybe four. Yep. And I saw six and I went, wow. And and last week I you know I talked about the line minus the charges minus three and I thought, man, it seems like charges with points are, are good. And I, I wanna get I kinda went in my mind contrary and we also talked about the spread on those games as far as percentage of bets. It was heavy chargers, so that was kind of my deciding factor. But um I think I I'm with you as far as if I was picking this game this would be the side I picked. Um, but now the Baltimore's in my head, basically, because I'm like, okay, <laughs> I think I don't – I'm waiting for all these injuries just to catch up. Like, I, I really don't think over the course of the season and, and as far as, like, a, a playoff team, I don't like their outlook at all. I, I, I think these things have to catch up. They have, like – they're a league-leading, like, 19 guys on IR. It's a crazy number. And – I'm just waiting for this to just like catch up. Maybe, maybe Lamar can just compensate for it all. He's he's been incredible. Uh, no one can no one can really argue that. So I don't know. I I just kind of stayed away from this game, but I would be on the Bengals side for a lot of the reasons you said. So uh, there you go. I'm gonna move to my fourth pick: the Philadelphia Eagles are going to Las Vegas. They are plus three points. I'm working the kind of the up-down theory on both these teams. Um, Philly's been, took a couple tough losses, especially on Thursday night. They've had a long layoff. And the Raiders, again, I think you can get that kind of, we were together, I was kind of joking about the win one for Gruden last week, you know, kind of, Kind of, I, I, but I, I do think there's some sort of like, you know, I don't know, energy or something where you kind of get that for maybe one week, or, you can, or, or like another, another option too is like the Geno Smith thing. I think when you have that backup quarterback coming, I think there's one week where you can kind of like, all right, we're gonna rally around this guy or rally around this this situation and, and play a good game and whatever. I think that runs out pretty quickly. So, um, Philly is in desperate need of a win. They've lost, I think, three or at least two in a row. Another, another stat to put in there is uh, Raiders, they are 4-2 overall. Philly, 2-4. and four. So, like, you look at it and go, they're only minus three. So, as dogs three times this year, Raiders have won outright. Sorry, I gotta add this out. I'm gonna get this wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. Um, it's fine, Broussard. It's fine. No, <laughs> no, no. I, no I, I, I read the wrong line. Uh, no, Ra- Raiders won outright as dogs three times this year. 0 2 is home favorites. Philly's only two wins 
have come as road dogs. There you go. All right. So, so I think this is a spot where Philly's kind of desperate for a win. They are two and four. You kind of need need to stay in that playoff race. They're two and four is in the playoff race because they have seven wild cards now. So I'd like Philly to uh, cover three and potentially win that game. All right. Interesting. We'll see. I I like that up down theory. I like the way you laid that out. Uh, I think I think it's true too when you can kind of get get the next momentum for for uh, a week maybe, and then there's kind of some emotional letdown and maybe get back to a steady state. So we'll see. Um, for my fourth pick, I have the Jets at New England. New England laying seven. Uh, we've seen similar movies to this matchup many times before. Uh, we saw the original for this year earlier when uh, New England made Wilson like a JDQB and an absolute drubbing. And I think the sequel will be just as bad for the Jets. So, you know, statistically, New England has the edge in all facets. I don't need to go through those stats. Right. I want to dig a little further on, on, on Belichick. Belichick, 22-6 and six against rookie QBs, 14-0 and 0 at home, uh, allowing just 9.5 points per game uh, in their last six games against rookie QBs. So I'm very confident that you know, New England's going to put up 20 or so points in this. Um, even further, under Belichick, Patriots are only allowed 20 TD passes to rookie QBs versus 41 interceptions. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> one to two ratio there. <laughs> I think I, I think that trend continues this week. Uh, you throw in this would be the 13th sweep of the Jets under Bill Belichick. Like AR-12, owns Chicago, and probably a few other cities uh, in the NFL. Belichick owns the Jets. It's New England minus seven. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Um, you know what? I I thought that was an awesome play a couple weeks ago when I took them versus the Texans and Davis Mills carved them up. So um, <laughs> maybe 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 the trends will continue in the other direction for you. But yeah, uh, that that was hilarious to see like Texans up like they, they got the big league. But um, uh, yeah, they still they still got beat. They did no. They no. played a half. Right, they, they played a good half and blah blah blah. They're fine. All right. It's fine. But yeah, wasn't that a double digit line? Oh, it was nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah, and um, but I think I think you're right to continue kind of like these big favorites versus the small favorites. Like, don't worry about the line. Just, just, just do it. Um, my last play here is my Panthers. Um, they were my Panthers to start of the season. They've dropped three in a row after winning, uh, going 0-3 to start the season. And this is more about kind of, I think, you know, last week I talked about the Giants and all the injuries. And I talked about, you know, even if the Giants were going to win, let's say, seven or eight, nine games maybe, it was going to be because they had all these weapons on offense. And that was going to be they were going to score a bunch of points and – that was going to be how they how they won. Now, without Saquon, uh, Galladay's out. Kadarius Tony, their really talented rookie who's looked good so far, he's highly questionable. Um, and Daniel Jones suffering, I think it was a concussion a week ago. And, and I mean, I'm obviously he's playing, but who knows where where he's at? I, I just feel like 
if you rely on this team to do anything offensively, you can't really view them anymore that way. Uh, so I, I feel like Carolina has been on a tough streak. This could be a nice get right week, get right week for them. They're getting their best player back on defense, Shaq Thompson. And um, yeah, I I think cover three here. I, I like them. I, I think even though things have been a little different without CMC for Darnold, um, not not been great. I feel like they have enough here where they're still very healthy offensively and. Giants everywhere. They're getting to a Baltimore Raven level as far as injuries are going. Or it just gets to a point of no return on one side of the ball. We have that many injuries mounting up. Uh, mounting up. And uh, Andrew Thomas, now their left tackle, going on in reserve after last week. It's already a weak offensive line. Like I just, I think this is a, a game where I'm kind of, it's kind of a pick. It is for the Panthers, but it's also against the Giants. So I'm going to take the Panthers minus three against the Giants. Yeah, if you're the Panthers, you you got to go get this one. And, and yeah. you know, covering covering three should should be a problem. There's, if you want to remain relevant and have a season, you you cannot drop this game. There's just there's just no way it cannot happen. So uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a good uh, good pick. Um, all right, my last one, uh, Colts. Niners, Niners laying four. I really hate that I like this, but but for whatever reason, I'm I'm a believer in this uh, Wentz-led Colts team having a chance to make the playoffs in Week 18 against the Jaguars. Like I just I, I continue to think of this as a playoff team uh, and believe that they're going to cover and win in San Francisco on Sunday Night Football this week. I know San Francisco is coming off a bye. I know Jimmy G looks to be the starter. I don't think Trey Lance has practiced yet this week. I just don't think that matters. The Colts are coming off the best win. Get it? It was against the Texans, but sometimes you you just need that. You need to play against that bad team, kind of get things going a little bit. Taylor had 145 yards, two TDs. Wentz threw for three TDs. Uh, defense had two picks and a fumble recovery. Um. You know, furthermore, on Wentz, if this 49ers defense, contrary to years past, is very uh, average statistically, and they don't force sacks or turnovers. That's when Wentz really struggles, when he gets under pressure. You call him the statue, can't move. I don't <laughs> I don't see that happening this week. So I, I see an opportunity there for the Colts to keep this going. Um, you know, I also think the 49ers offense isn't anything spectacular. They haven't really proven anything. Colts no. defense... Hasn't been great, but it was coming into this year. It was supposed to be a top 10 defense. Hasn't been there yet. They've been getting better. So another opportunity for them here. Um, you know, Col- Colts are 7-2 and two ATS in the last nine row games, including 2-1 and one, uh, ATS as a road dog this year. So that bolds well for them. Put all that together and this out of nowhere belief. I have no ties to the Colts whatsoever, but I just have this belief in this team that, that they're going to they're gonna make a playoff push. They're going to be relevant at the end of the year. I'm taking the Colts plus four. Okay. I mean, they, they, they are technically a playoff team um, from last year. No, I, uh, I mean, this year, right? They started, what, what, I mean, what were they? What, what was their I mean, record to start the year? Was it? Are, are they one and four? No, 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 no. They're not one and four. They're two and four. But they were one and four. Because they beat the Texans, right? And they were they were zero three. They're zero three. They've won two of their last three. 
make it three of the last four after this week. Yeah, um, Sam Fran, I, one guy has been really interesting is, um, you know, no matter who plays quarterback, we, we don't know for San Francisco, but Jimmy G is just like, I, you, I don't think he's good. And I, I almost think you would want, if you're, if you're a Colts fan, I think you want Jimmy G playing quarterback. I think, I think Kyle Shanahan doesn't want Jimmy G to play quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that, how that works out. So no, I, 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 I love San Francisco. As you know, I like their roster. I, I think they, they have a good, good team. I like their coaches, but, um, that quarterback situation is, it, it's, it's funny. As much as I don't like Carson Wentz and I call him a statue, I think, I think it's pretty even if we go with, uh, Jimmy G and, and himself. So yeah, I, 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 I want no part of that game, but, uh, good for you. Good, good, good for you. Yeah. Like I guess I hate, I hate that I like it, but I just, I'm, I think it's a win. Hey, you're, 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 uh, you know, you're good for you. Good for you. You're, Better man than I am for uh, going with the Colts in that game. Um, Well, hey, we got through our five games. uh, We did it. We did it. Um, Any parting shots? Uh, Not not really. Just enjoy your your getaway weekend on Friday. We've got getaway weekends here. Are you bringing the sticks? No. No. No golf this weekend. Okay. No, I, but I also want to. I want to clarify. Uh, there was a, about a few weeks ago where someone said I wanted. I shoot oh. my overall was one twelve, and uh, I went under. That's all I'm gonna say. Is I went under. <laughs> and, I was uh, there. I, I witnessed. I was a witness. You were some, under. Someone said I couldn't shoot a one twelve, and I went under. So we're just gonna leave it there. We're just gonna. We're gonna leave it there. All right. Um, well, hey, man, you have a good uh, trip this weekend. I'll have a good trip this weekend. And, uh, hey, good luck to everyone and all of us. Let's keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Out. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That is a wrap on episode 61. Good luck to you in all of your fantasy gambling endeavors for week eight in college and week seven in the pros. Until then, we will see you next time.